What is up, my friend? This is episode number 41 of the Anthony John Amix podcast, and this is another Sunday Sermon Edition. And today we're going to be talking about the power of focus and why you must focus on the goal at hand. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amix podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, welcome back. Hope you had a great week. I have to tell you, I am ready for the sun to be out like it normally is here in Dallas, Texas. I don't know how much more of this overcast and rainy stuff I can take. I guess that's hashtag first world problems, right? Like I just like my heat. I like my sunshine. And so I am so, so ready for it. Over the past four weeks or so, I have been running and I've been following this app called Couch to 5K. It's a free app and it's designed to really guide you from the couch to running a 5K in about eight weeks. And I'm a little bit more than halfway through it right now. And every single day that I run, I'm learning something. And right now, the biggest thing that I'm learning is to stay focused on the horizon. And what I mean by that is my big vision. Now, here's why. First of all, I'm not a big fan of running. It's not like I get up in the morning and I'm like, you know, I just can't wait until 7 or 7.30 p.m. today because that's when I usually go running. Like, that's just not how I process running. I run because I set an eight-week challenge for myself, and I just I like to perform well with challenges. I just really enjoy them. And I've learned when I run, if I just look at my feet, like, it's miserable. It's like the run feels like it's this long thing, and it takes forever. You know what I mean? But when I run and I keep my head up and I stay focused on the horizon, running is actually a lot more enjoyable for me. And it's actually become like a pretty spiritual experience for me. Like when I run, I listen to music and I just kind of go with what I feel. And some runs I'm listening to like Korn's old school Follow the Leader album from 1998. It's one of my favorite albums or something on the other complete different end of the spectrum, like Aurora's album called All My Demons Greeted Me as a Friend. That's one of my new favorite albums. Or if it's just like a Viking music playlist or something on Spotify, it could be something completely random. And I find when I'm listening to the Viking music playlist, like it's stirring something within me. It's awakening something within me. And when I run and I focus on the horizon, what I do is I picture the horizon as the goals that I'm running after, like the big vision that I'm running after. It's like I'm at war with my mind and the current way that I'm being and those things that my heart desires in the way of being that is required to bring those desires into reality. It's kind of hard to explain, but hopefully like you're getting the picture here. And over the past few weeks, like many business owners and employees, like let's be honest, they've taken probably a big hit financially. Like many people have been laid off, right? Or they're not able to open their doors for business and it's putting a lot of financial pressure on people. I was talking to one of my clients in the UK this week, and she said the economy there is the worst it's been in like 300 years. And that's just like crazy for me to wrap my head around. But at the same time, like it is what it is. And it got me to thinking the only way to win in this season of life, like for so many people across the globe, like in order for them to win is to keep their focus on their big vision. Like you have to focus on the horizon. You have to focus on your goals and keep moving towards them. Like you cannot stop because if you do, you're going to get caught up in the minutia. You're going to burn out and you're going to forget 
why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. Like, it's kind of like when I run, like when I'm running, like no matter how heavy my feet get or how tired my legs get, I simply choose to keep focusing on the horizon. I simply choose to use the power of my mind to cast the vision and feel in my cores of cores this big vision and projecting it out onto the horizon and allow myself to feel that it is done. And I'm not running at this pace that's not sustainable. Instead, I'm like staying really grounded. I'm staying really centered in my body and I'm just settling into that pocket, just keeping a nice steady pace that is perfectly right for me. A steady pace that's usually on time with the beat of whatever music I'm listening to. And I just keep focused on the horizon and fall in love with the pursuit of that horizon, knowing that it is done. And when the thoughts start to come into my mind saying things like, well, how much longer is this going to take? Or, dude, your feet are really heavy, dude. Or, dude, my shins, your shins are starting to hurt. Like, your legs are getting tired. Like, you're going to burn out. I just choose to acknowledge them for what they are, just voices. And in that observation, I consciously choose to breathe and keep focused on the horizon of my desires. It's like I choose to consciously tap into the warrior who lives within me, which, by the way, lives in every single human, by the way. And I allow that warrior to fill up with fire and look at those voices and mock them and laugh them in their face. So, like, what does this story have to do with creating that next level of freedom, purpose, and success in your life? Well, the power of focus and why it's important for accomplishing your goals reminds me of the story of like David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17, there's this story about the Philistines fighting the Israelites. And back in those days, these two cultures, they seemed to fight a lot because they had, number one, different religious beliefs. Imagine that. And each one of them also wanted to rule over the land. And in chapter 17, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. So hopefully you can see this in your mind. And then in verse 4 it says, A champion named Goliath, who was from this town called Gath, he came out of the Philistine camp and his height was six cubits in a span. Now, which by the way, if you don't know what, how, how tall it is, because I didn't, I looked it up. It's about nine feet, nine inches tall. Like he's a tall dude. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. Now, it sounds like a lot, and it really is because I did the translations, and apparently it's about 187.39 pounds. So the dude's wearing almost 200 pounds of bronze armor. It's kind of crazy to think about, right? And on his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back and his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron pointed, uh, its iron point on the spear, the javelin, it weighed 600 shekels, which was about 22.48, so nearly 22 and a half pounds. So can you imagine? It's like throwing a shot put, you know what I mean? Like a, uh, you have the spear and just the spearhead is like, like a, almost like a shot put. And this is the thing that this dude was like throwing at people, right? No wonder he's like a bone crusher. And his, it said his shield bearer went ahead of him. So in verse eight, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul, which was their king, the Israelites king at the time? 
And Goliath was like, look, choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome and kill him, you will become our subjects and you're going to serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And then on hearing Goliath's words, Saul and all the Israelites, they're like, whoa, dude, this guy's terrifying. So as you can imagine, nobody wanted to fight Goliath. I mean, he was a freaking ginormous human being, and they were completely terrified. And according to the story, for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath would come up to the Israelites like at the battle line, right? They had like some rules and regulations for this. So he'd come up to the battle line. He didn't just go in then and just like start smashing people. And he's like, look, is anybody here willing to fight me? And for 40 days, no warrior, no soldier was brave enough to step forward. Now, I think a lot of people right now, they're running their own race and they're staring at their feet rather than focusing on their big vision. And like the Israelites, they are faced with a ginormous obstacle and many people are terrified. And that's like one group of people right now. Yet there's another group of people like the person who chose to face Goliath and end up killing Goliath and cutting off his head. In 1 Samuel 17, starting in verse 20, there's this young dude who's a shepherd named David. And his father asked him to go down to the battlefield and check out on his brothers. And so I assume his father, his name was Jesse, by the way, and he was like, probably like, yo, David, I wonder if your brothers are like still alive. So can you like go check up on them? And hey, while you're at it, take this bread to them and then also take this fruit to their commander and then come back to me and let me know like if they're doing okay. And David was like, you got it, pops. I'm on it. So David leaves his flock of sheep with his dad, and he rolls down onto the battlefield. And when he gets there, he sees this ginormous human named Goliath taunting the men, and all of the men of the Israelites are like completely scared to death to fight the dude. So David asked one of the Israelite warriors standing next to him at the battlefield in verse 26, he was like, yo, what will be done for the man who kills Goliath and removes this disgrace from Israel? Like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And they told him, look, man, like the king will give him great wealth to the man who kills him. And he will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Pretty good deal, right? Can you imagine like the president being like, yo, if you could like kill Corona, we will give you a lot of money. And here's a pretty lady and whatever taxes you owe. Yeah, don't worry about taxes for the rest of your life right? Be a pretty good deal. So then when David's oldest brother overheard David speaking with the men on the battlefield, like, dude, his older brother got hot. And he was like, yo, little bro, what the hell, man? Like, why are you coming down here and and like talking all this noise? Like, I know you just want to come down and watch. Don't be talking this big game here, making all of us look bad because we haven't been wanting to go out and fight this dude for 40 days. And David, dude, he wasn't having it. And in verse 29, David said, Now, what have I done? Like, can I even speak here? And eventually what David said, it was overheard and it was reported to the king of the Israelites, whose name was Saul. Like I told you this, Saul. And so Saul, after like 40 days of all this nonsense, of nobody willing to step forward, he was like, yo, bring that brave soldier over to me. In verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And so in verse 33, Saul replied, you're not able to go out and fight this ginormous human. (laughs) You can't go out and fight him. You're only like this young dude. 
He has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul was like, yo, dude, you're crazy, bro. But go ahead, dude, go and let the Lord be with you. So David rolled out without like any armor on or anything because he's like, yo, I don't want the armor. Like I'm not used to wearing that stuff. Like I'm just going to be my shepherd self. I got this. So he just chose to take his staff and choose five smooth stones from the stream. And then he put those stones in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And then with his sling in his hand, he approached Goliath. Now, can you imagine being Goliath in this scenario? Like being this ginormous nine foot, nine inch dude wearing nearly 200 pounds of armor looking over at David. And he was like, what? And in verse 33, Goliath's like, Yo, dude, am I a dog? Are you coming at me with sticks? Come here, and I will give you your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Like, I can imagine, like, this scene in my mind. There's, like, this huge, ginormous warrior. There's this young dude who's, like, the innocent dude in the valley, right, between these two canyons. And they're both surrounded by warriors on each side of the canyon. And then down in the middle of that valley, here's, like, David, man. He's just, like, walking up to him calm as a cucumber, staring Goliath in his left eye because the left eye is attached to the right side of the brain where emotions live. So he's just like calm and cool, just looking at Goliath in the eye. And he's just like calmly walking towards him, just just grounded, just like right there in the pocket, just embodying massive amounts of faith and certainty in his ability. And in verse 45, David said to Goliath, he's like, you come against me with a sword and a spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for this battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Now, if you listen to some of my Sunday sermons, you understand, like, to me, this Lord can be like our certainty and our own ability. Now, I'm not saying there's not consciousness, because I do believe there is. I'm not saying there's not God. To me, consciousness, spirit, universe, God, Yahweh, it's all the same thing. And at the same time, and I've talked about this in other episodes, like to the degree that I have trust in my own ability to create results is really to the degree that I have certainty and consciousness in God flowing through me. And I think David's like giving this amazing example of like tapping into that and being in the pocket with that power where he's floating through these, you know, the phases of life. I've talked about like in this and other podcasts, like life happens as me, life happens to me, life happens by me, and life happens through me. And David's like this beautiful illustration and example that we can model who's like, I got this. Like life is happening by me. I'm going to go slay Goliath. And also I'm going to stand in the pocket 
and I'm going to allow God, universe, consciousness, whatever name you want to call that, flow through me because I have absolute trust that I'm going to create this result. Like it is done. So in verse 48, it says, as Goliath moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him and reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck Goliath on the forehead and the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. And so David triumphed over Goliath with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck him down and killed him. And if that wasn't enough, David then ran and stood over Goliath, took out Goliath's sword, drew it, and then cut off Goliath's head. Like the warrior enemy man likes this story. It's a fun story. But here's what I want you to see. It wasn't David's strength that necessarily killed Goliath. Instead, it was his aim. Like, I mean, what if David, right? Like, let's play this the other way. What if David was running towards this huge-ass man who was wearing nearly 200 pounds of armor, and as he's running towards this dude, he grabs his slingshot, puts the stone in it, throws it at the dude... And what if he missed? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what if he didn't focus on his big vision and he missed? Like, if he did that, the course of history as we know it today would probably be vastly different, possibly, right? But the dude didn't miss. David didn't miss. So he chose to stay calm in the midst of battle. He chose to focus on his big vision, which was killing Goliath. And he chose to leverage the power of focus and take careful aim and fully trust and respect his own ability to allow God, consciousness, spirit, whatever you want to call that, to flow through him and do what no one else thought could be done. And as a result, he conquered an entire army. And if you don't know how the story like eventually ends, he ends up becoming the king of the Israelites. There's a whole bunch of other drama that plays outside of that, but we're not going to go into that because we want to stay here on this one piece. So right now, maybe it feels like you're in a war. Like maybe you feel like you're in a war to keep your business going, or maybe you're in a war to work from home with your children and your family running circles around you, or maybe it feels like you're in this war to trust in yourself to know that what you're doing is enough and everything will turn out okay. I'm here to tell you today, the only way to win the war is to leverage the power of focus. And if you focus on your goal at hand, you'll win. Now, this sounds pretty simple, right? Like simple to do, simple not to do. And maybe you're like, AJ, like, well, what do I focus on right now? And that's a great question. Some will tell you to focus on your why, And I'm here to tell you, if that drives you, great, focus on your why. And maybe that why is your wife or your husband or your kids or the impact you're making. If that's empowering to you, fantastic, focus on your why. Yet if you're anything like me, the feel-good why stuff, it does not empower me to stay in the battle. It doesn't motivate me to stay in the battle. Like, it just doesn't. And for many years, I felt really guilty and really shameful about that because I'm like, why? Why don't I care about these things that everybody else says I should care about? Yet the truth, if I align with the truth, is I don't care. Like, do I love my wife? Absolutely. Do I love my kids? Absolutely. But is that the thing that drives my behavior? No. I'm what some people would label as a super achiever. Like, I love to achieve. And for many years, I would go on a journey to achieve things, believing once I achieve the thing, then I'll be worthy of significance and security. And the thing that I found is that was absolute bullshit. I found that that's just the success equation. And when you operate from that type of bullshit belief system, you just end up in this endless trap where you never 
arrive and winning the war never happens. Like you're just in constant struggle, constant war, war, war. And it feels like you're always losing and never as far as long as you feel like you should be. Like nowadays for me, where I'm at and where a lot of my clients are at because I've helped them get there is like achievement for me is nothing more than expansion of my purpose and my soul here on this earth. And I'm here to tell you, it feels so good and fulfilling. Like nowadays I go on a journey to achieve because I simply choose to. Now, some people will ask me like, so what's your why? I'm like, um, because I choose it. They're like, yeah, 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 I get that. But like, what's your why? And I'm like, maybe you're not getting it because I choose it. Like people don't get it. Life and expansion is really that simple. You choose it. You do something because you choose to do it. That's it. There is power in going on a journey to achieve something, meaning create an outcome simply because you choose it. And my clients and I are finding massive amounts of power in simply focusing on going on a journey to create those outcomes because we choose it. So my invitation to you this day is this. Where in your life are you allowing life to distract you from your focus? And what is that lack of focus costing you right now? And how might taking aim and staying focused on that big vision that you want to achieve allow you to tap into more power and slay the giants and start creating big ass results that change the course of history for you and your family? My friend, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you're not following me on Facebook, please go do that. You can follow me over at, a- no, it's not ajmix.com. Go there if you want to. That's not what I want to say. If you want to follow me on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash AJAmix. Each week, I am posting new content over there to help you take your life and business to the next level. Some of it's inspirational, some of it's practical, and some of it, well, you're just going to have to check it out for yourself. And you can do that by going to facebook.com slash AJAmix. So thank you so much for choosing this podcast to listen to. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to ajamix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.